This is your weekly warning that this podcast is recorded in a house with animals. We have not locked them out of the studio yet, as far as I know. Uh, but Well, except there's a cat and another cat, and possibly a third cat. Yeah, uh, Sergey's asleep, Tiny Orange is asleep. Are the dogs outside the studio, or did one of them follow you in? I think they're outside. I, I hear them flumping around, or... or galloping. Galloping. Galloping's the right term, yeah. So, the noises will happen from animals. It's just a fact of life. And occasionally there may be screams from our housemate as she gets either killed or kills in Overwatch. Yes. Only in Overwatch. Only in Overwatch. Our housemate yeah. is very much alive. Yes. Gonna remove the headphones I had on because they really make it awkward. Thinking of awkward, the awkward notice is that while we do not talk about explicit subjects iTunes only has two settings, clean and explicit, and we swear a lot. Oh, do we? So we can't call it clean, but in general, the podcast is PG-13. Yes. Not for excessive violence or naughty bits, but mostly because we swear a lot. Indeed. All that being said, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 44. Do you ever think about recording like a short, pithy intro that you could just play? I have, but it's it's just not the same as having that week-to-week sort of change. And as summer comes on, we'll have to start worrying, not worrying, warning people about chicken noises. Yes, it's true. Because it's getting later and later for sundown, and the chickens like hanging out on the porch outside my studio window. Yes. And... That way I don't have to make it up every time. I have thought about hiring somebody to make a theme song. Oh, yeah. But I haven't had a chance to talk to the most likely contenders or find out what the budget is on that. So, you know. But if I do that, I should also probably get a... So probably not me singing Productivity Alchemy. No. 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 (laughs) I was thinking, though, that... If I'm you gonna... could hire me to never sing that again. We'll talk after. <laughs> we'll talk after. No, but I'm thinking if I do it for this podcast, I should do it for the others as well. Maybe not um, Hidden Almanac because it has a really sort of a theme going, but Kevin and Ursula eat cheap, or Kevin and Ursula engage in conversations where no longer physically able to continue to eat on the scale we have been in the past. We've been we've been trying to tone it down. I, I wish that the shows got shorter as a result, but we just get drunker and angrier. Yes, and, and the hangovers get more epic. Yeah. We're doing something wrong. Or very right. The idea is, though, that if I'm going to do a theme song for this one, I should get a theme song for the other one. Well, not necessarily. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. Mean, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. So there's that much. I've had a reasonably productive week. Woo. I knocked out two really big tasks in the last week. Uh, one was basically, here, sysadmin wankery, just so you're aware. One was to rework all of the disk allocations we use in Amazon so that we're not wasting a tremendous amount of space and spending a lot of money we don't have to. Because the people who set it up set it up as if it were... Physical servers, which meant you can never change some things like how much disk is given to it, and that is completely wrong. So I adjusted, we can adapt on the fly, it'll be great, and I'm saving my customers money. Bingo. The second one is setting up a service that we need to test for our customers. 
because a lot of the testing and, and whatever has had to work in conjunction with our customers in that, oh, we, we support this service, but we don't actually run it in the house. And so it really was time. And they're like, oh, you know, everybody's like in awe of, oh, you set this up. And I'm like, yes, it isn't that hard. Well, okay, it, it took two days, basically two days of nonstop work on this in between customer things. But I feel really good about it because Yay! it's it's a real value add. And it's not costing, well, the, basically the money I'm saving on the one hand is probably paying for a little bit of, of this service over here. So it all works out. Um, so next I get to do cost cutting stuff and figuring out how to reduce our, our spend and all that fancy schmancy stuff that you don't think about when you're at a big, big company. And now that I'm in a teeny tiny company, I mean, it's more than just four people, but not much. And we, we, we took the entire company to dinner one night and the entire company still fits in like two large tables put together in a restaurant. Yes. So. Including with a spouse along or possibly a couple spouses. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Well, I knocked out the edits for my horror novel, yep. which uh, I had been working on systematically eating the whale a bite at a time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there was a mad rush. There was a mad rush at the end. I was not expecting quite that much a mad rush, but I have been doing a lot of stuff in the garden. And so I had to uh, basically, uh, I got, fa I face planted in it basically someday yeah. and got into that state where you would come out and talk to me and I would just stare at you blankly because, and say, no. No word brain. Yeah. Yeah, Later. no. The the point where I knew you had you had pushed yourself to the absolute limit was when you came in and you were like, I will give you money to go buy Chinese food, and I'm like, everybody else in the house ate like two hours ago. And you were like, What? And we're like, Yeah, it's almost eight PM and you're like, Oh. And then you went and ate something. Yes. Because I think I told you, go go eat something and go upstairs and collapse yeah it was uh mm -hmm. back in the day i could get into that sort of work fugue state a lot more easily yes um oh couldn't we all but these days it's really quite rare but mm -hmm. every now and again and, and it's not really my optimal method of work my optimal method of work is to leave three things out on like the art studio table come by poke one wander yep. off Come back 20 minutes later, poke it again, uh, look up, and it's an hour later, which is great, but very short spurts of, of intensity. Right. Uh, this is why a 9-to-5 job is just a terrible idea for me, because I work... I can, I can work intensely for 45 minutes. Yes. And then I am done with the thing that needed to get done. If you expect me to sit <laughs> in the chair for another seven hours... We'll all be very unhappy. The trick I've found of that, since I have a traditional hour job, even though I work from home and can sort of set my own hours, and I've been really bad about working late, because I'll get involved in something, or I'll, I'll hit a sticky problem, just like, yeah, I'm going to keep working, and then all of a sudden it's 6 p.m., 7, it's 6.30, and that's that's something I really need to, to get some sort of a, a curb on. Um 
more than just a calendar alarm that, hey, it's 15 minutes until dinner, which I then say, okay, tell me about that later, and then go back to whatever I was working on. The, so I need to I need to set some boundaries for me. Yes. But the advantage is that I can also do that sort of thing. I can be like, yes, I'm going to work on this one thing, and then I'm going to take a break, and then I'm going to, you know, I'll go stand outside with the chickens for 30 minutes, and then I'll come back in. And I really think that both of us should try the Pomodoro technique. Oh, fuck. I was supposed to look at Trello. You were. I did not. You did not. No. It's all right. I honestly... Do you want to look at tomato timers instead? So Trello seems interesting, and I'll be happy to look (laughs) at it. Uh, What I was going to say is, um, yeah, we, we have gotten... There is a thing where... The time you work is the stand-in for your productivity, right? Which works for a lot of people because mm-hmm. you know. But it was never because I'm in a creative field. It's like yes, I can knock out my thousand words a day, right? Sometimes in half an hour, you can. And then okay, well, there's twenty three and a half hours left in the day. That doesn't mean that I could write another thousand words in the next half, half hour and the next one after yeah, that, next one after that. Cause you, you've got to sleep at least 10 minutes or 10 hours in there somewhere. Well, yes, I yeah. do sleep a lot, but, uh, I think it's a, I think it's actually a thing. Apparently there's a thing called like hypersomnia. Yeah. Where given the choice, you can sleep and just keep sleeping. Yeah. All right. I really need to go to a sleep lab. Anyway. So, but the thing is that by doubling the time I work, you don't double my productivity. No. I just, sit in a chair for half an hour and it's fine if I can mix it up. If I am not burned out on art, then I can do art, mm-hmm. you know, and, and whatnot. It used to be a real problem when, um, I did have a semi creative job when I was not a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. when I worked briefly at a very terrible little game company with, uh, my ex-husband, um, we would share a ride, and I was done at 5. In fact, I had usually been done at about 2.30. And right. Because I was doing graphics, and it's like, skin this thing. All right, it's skinned. Done. Yeah, not what, a big deal, know? yeah. And it's like, okay, what, what else do you want me to do? I don't know. Do you have another thing that needs skinned? Not right now. And uh, there were other problems, but... Uh, the ex would get very heads down on a problem and be oh, yeah. like, I I want to keep working. I'm like, I'm like, it's five o'clock. Let's go home. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm working on this project. I'm why in the middle of wanna, a thing. Yeah. Why do you want to go home right now? Every, you know, and, and every single day it was like the battle between I am done and have been done for a long damn time. And you want to stay here till eight 30 because a, you like these people, which I did not, which you did not be, no. Look, they left Maxims on the back of the toilet. That was a hostile work environment. That kind of was, yeah. Yes. And also, that was the company where the one programmer, whenever I'd walk in, would yell, I smell yeast. In retrospect, I should have punched him in the face a couple times. Oh, yeah. 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 I was young and did not know how to stand up for myself. So, yeah, hostile work environments uh, will actually hurt your productivity quite a bit. Yes, but in this case... No, I did the shit they asked. I did it. It was done. It was well done. Right. What more do they want? If you don't keep, uh, if you did not keep giving me things to do, then I would be done and I would be bored. And a bored Ursula is not an Ursula you want hanging around most of the time. Yes. And uh, 
it was so you know i'd dick around mm -hmm. on the internet for a couple of hours and i'd be like but i could be home in my pjs dicking around on the internet <laughs> and also you know i'm getting hangry and as you may have as kevin is somewhat aware only if I somewhat. do not eat on a relatively regular basis, if I am allowed to become ravenous... Lord of mercy. I basically turn into the Tasmanian devil. Yeah. Only with a much more cutting wit. <laughs> better better, um, better pronunciation and a much much more cutting wit, yes. 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 If, if you ever just feel your ego is out of bounds, starve me for eight hours and then hang out with me and we'll make sure you... It's not pretty. <laughs> yeah. It's really not pretty. And I hate so doing because I try to be a nice person. You do? Yes. You do? So, yeah. Um, individual productivity individual, for time yeah. versus, uh, you know, work versus So, when I, when I think about it, though, and I think about Pomodoro, I mean, first you have to try Trello. You have yes. to try it's a it's a Kanban board. You have to you need to try it because you said you would, and now I'm gonna have to put down reminders to say, like a daily thing. Did you try Trello? Did you try Trello? Yes. Although you may have to sit down with me, I might have to come up with something to try with Trello because yes, I don't know what the fuck to put on it. I can come up with several suggestions. Okay. Uh, for example, you had a major gardening setback today. Uh... Ernie is a dog who is a good, sweet, he tragic really is. dog. He really is. Went on um, a major remodeling spree in the garden. It looked like trench warfare had been fought. He, he had to be outside for a while, yeah. and I was working, and he couldn't be, you know, and so they were in the backyard, and he got bored, so he dug. And he churned up like several square yards of oh. dirt and yeah. just uh and took out mature perennials uprooted half a clump of swamp milkweed which is very impressive because swamp milkweed is one of those hard to move perennials <laughs> so had i wanted it moved i would have probably been very impressed i didn't want it moved um so you were you were saying he dug holes in the the like yellow clay that yes. you normally have to get like big tools out for. Yeah, I, I have to get out like either I have to do major trowel work or mm -hmm. I have to get the big shovel or use my body weight to do yeah, it. He's, yeah, he was putting holes in it, and uh, I accept a certain amount of loss to dogs as just the price of admission. I don't do rare orchids or anything. You know, if I have to spend more than five bucks on a plant, I start to get a twitch under my eyelid. She does. Um, I'll I'll go up to fifteen for a, a shrub, but uh, for the most part, I'm I'm very cheap, and you know, because I assume that a lot of them will die. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. my gardening method is is throw something in the dirt. If it lives, great. Plant more of it in dirt around it. If it dies, then it didn't want to be there. Plant something else. And this is a variation on the right plant, right place philosophy. Mm -hmm. It's just the trial and error Genghis Khan <laughs> version, which is wham. Okay, that was the wrong plant. Wham. Okay, that was the right plant. I'll put in eight more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ernie did a number oh, yeah. on that, and... 
it was I I never get mad at the dog. He I try to avoid it, but it was really frustrating because I had been planting in there for a while. Oh, for a, quite a while, yeah. And yeah. you know, and he really tore it up. And I mean, it was it, it looked like like I had I had protected some of the tender young plants with cages, and that worked. They survived. They were these little mesas in canyons that he had like tunneled. Uh, yes. Yes. So uh, there was some frustration. So there's there's a chance to maybe I, I mean maybe use the replanting that I assume I'm funding to. <laughs> no, I always fund the gardening stuff. Okay. He's my dog too. Yeah. Just just you never know. Um, but the only one I really lament is the the blueberry bush. There was a there was a little tiny dwarf blueberry that uh, he removed from this earth. That uh, well, that earth anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, it was it was taken apart. But uh, it was a weird, rare native that had has black blueberries. Oh. Well, it doesn't have anything now. I see, <laughs> including roots. I see. Yes, we can't put it out front because the deer will eat it. There's nothing left of it. No, I meant if we've got another one. Oh, uh, I have no idea. Um, anyway. With our luck, the chickens will love it. But I, I, and you know, I have been very, very calm about the yes. chickens rearranging my landscaping out yes. front. Yes, like I, I have looked over and discovered there are a lot of plants that I'm never going to see again out front, and I have mm-hmm. been like, okay. That is the price of Kevin's chickens. It is. And that's fine. I have made notes of the things they don't bother. I will plant more of those. <laughs> uh, in case you're curious, they don't bother the cat mint. They don't bother sedges. Uh, I wish they bothered Boltonia because I've got way too much of that. They leave asters alone. They leave uh, uh, bee balm alone. Mm-hmm. Uh there is almost no chickweed in the front yard, though. Yeah, they stripped out the barren strawberry. They stripped out the uh, the chickweed. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. If they take out purple mulberry, they will be my favorite animals on Earth. Um, yes. So, if they took out Japanese stiltgrass, I would basically just... I would buy a hundred chickens and loose them in the garden. But... That's a lot of chickens. Lot of chickens. That's a lot of eggs. Yeah. So... We part of I realize that your usual gardening MO is you don't really plant it so much as you find a plant you want, you shove it in a spot. If it dies, then you go get a different plant. It's worked for ten years. And the garden looks amazing. It does. <laughs> it does. Um except one part. <laughs> would it make sense to have a, a gardening board with cards for the plants you're going to replace? Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. Um, darn, I'm trying. You are trying, and I appreciate that enormously. Mm -hmm. No, uh, as you said, no, Mm -hmm. I have an MO. Um, Wait. Yeah? You have a convention coming up. Anthrocon. Yes. Yes, a Trello board for Anthrocon. There you go. Excellent thing, yes. Yes. Now, do you want want to share it? No. No? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want other people up in my business. Well, I meant meant with me, not just... Oh, with you? With me, yeah. Share it with you. I thought okay. you wanted me to let the internet look at no, it. The internet no. doesn't need to know what I'm like. No. Internet, no. you don't need to, Wait. Internet, A lot of them already know. Listen, listen to KUEC, you already know way too oh, much yeah. about me. 
Yeah, the, the internet knows what, what you're like at this point. I'm very sorry. Internet, why do you still talk to me? It's a great question. They still listen, so, you know, I'm I'm not complaining, but that's that's between them and their... God. I was going to say podcast player. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, thinking of listeners... Yes. Um so we'll 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 set up a Trello board and we'll share Sweet it. Con, that is that is a great yeah. idea. I approve okay. of that. Um but thinking of listeners, one of the listeners wrote in and said, Hey, I do some interesting things. Maybe you'd like to hear how I stay productive. And I said, Absolutely. So we're going to go off and talk to Alicia Day. Excellent. And find out how she stays productive right after this break. Hi, folks. I am here with Alicia, who is going to give us a, a different sort of position on how she gets things done, because she is not an author or an artist. She is a park ranger. Is that correct? That is correct. I'm a park ranger. <laughs> All right. So can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do as a park ranger? And we'll go from there. <laughs> well, as you said, my name is Alicia. I currently work at a National Park Service site in Florida, Northeast Florida. I'm not going to say which one because we have enough people coming with <laughs> knowing too much about me as it is because of how many people I email in the world. Um, we have different divisions throughout the Park Service that have a lot of different jobs and variety. So with the Park Service, you can do just about anything, everything from biological sciences to automotive repair, to boat captaining. I have a strange mix of public service, frontline service, and administrative duties. I am our reservationist. We have an in-house reservations program because we have a high capacity of school groups that visit us. Mm -hmm. Florida history is the fourth grade year. And being as we're a very big part of Florida history that people can come and see, we get about 90,000 people who visit with groups a year. Wow. And so we, because of the contracts we have with companies in the town for guided tours, because we don't have the staff within our parks to provide ranger tours to all of those 90,000 people. Mm -hmm. um, we have contracts with some of the companies for guide services. We have contracts with other people. We have permits. We have self-guided groups. Because there's only so much room inside of our park. It's a fort um, mm -hmm. that we we can only fit so many fourth graders at a time. Right, and right. while we legally don't have a capacity because the fire marshal is like, I don't know how to put one on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we, we have a reservation system to kind of control that for mm -hmm. both visitor experience and preservation of the resource, which is the fort itself. Right. As well as on top of that, I do a lot of financial stuff. Mm -hmm. I work in our fees division. 
So I do everything from collecting your entrance fees at the front to reconciling revenue in the back. Um, basically, I can collect it. Somebody else will deposit it. I take the deposit reports and make sure the, the checkbooks balance. And then I will take those those reports and um, a lot of our money goes into holding accounts. Mm-hmm. And then I take it and create income transfer reports to get the money from the holding account to where it's supposed to be which is can be like two dozen accounts at a time. Right. Um, a lot of really long numbers because the treasury likes really long numbers yeah. and stuff like that. So it's an interesting mix of administrative and mm-hmm. um, business side, as well as sometimes I just giving talks to people about the history and the fort in the town. It's my hometown. So I have a really big connection to it. And I, uh, I love to talk about it because I grew up around it and I started with mm-hmm. the park service where I originally started in the bookstore. And then in grad school, I was able to snag a student job that transitioned into a permanent job. Nice. And now I get to do just about everything. There's a <laughs> lot of smaller hats underneath mm-hmm. my flat hat, mm-hmm. um, which means that I'm like currently just under the reservations. I'm doing school reservations, company reservations, summer camp reservations, special event reservations, while working four days up front because we're short-staffed on our entrance station uh, staff and doing things like that. So I have a really full player right now wow. uh, just under that. And then in the, the moments that I can snatch, I uh, my boss catches me um, like answering phone messages while I'm you know shoving chicken nuggets in my mouth at lunch or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> She's like, take a lunch. I don't have 30 minutes. <laughs> just do this. It's easier. Because uh, my, my day ends up bending to the will of other people, right. essentially, to to get everything done um, within that period, which means that I have the very rare Monday through Friday schedule that mm-hmm. is in park service. We are open every day but Christmas and Thanksgiving. So a lot of people work weekends and holidays and everything like that. And I am, when we're fully staffed, very lucky that I get to work 8 to 4.30 Monday through Friday because that's when the bulk of my ability to work is because right. that's when teachers and administrative people are in, in an mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it sounds like with all of that, it takes a high level of organization yeah. and that's what I do with my job <laughs> personally right now. I'm also, uh, planning a wedding oh, wow. and yeah. buying a house <laughs> <laughs> and adopting a dog. So mm-hmm. it's a lot. Um, and my fiance is active duty Navy, which takes a whole level of organization just to be his partner. Yeah. So, uh, so that's a, a really interesting thing. Last year we went through deployment, um, which was a really fun not time. It's, it was actually our second deployment for seven mm-hmm. months. And so uh, I'm really good at the U.S. postal system. I bet. Uh, I bet. <laughs> so with all but that. That's, yeah. that's my plate. <laughs> Bank so, platter, really. <laughs> how do you keep that organized? There's a, that's a lot. There's a lot. There. <laughs> uh, professionally, mm-hmm. I have about, I have one desk calendar on my desk that is, mm-hmm. At any time, anybody can walk in and look at my desk blotter calendar mm-hmm. and see the big things, which will be when I'm supposed to be where and as like if I have an event for that day or mm-hmm. if something's happening, I put it on there so people can walk in and be like, oh, she has this meeting that day. And we have a lot of uh, the, the park service and I think the federal government as a rule runs on Google which is really convenient uh, when you have mastered Google, mm-hmm. like I have been forced to. <laughs> um, <laughs> My my daily schedule is usually uh, my RT RT guy was very interested in how I kind of Frankenstein two screens by using a laptop and the giant screen I have to right. 
make almost three screens because I take the giant screen and split it into two windows. Nice. <laughs> so I have as much screen space as I can where mm-hmm. I will have my reservation system static on the laptop and then mm-hmm. I have an email and then I have another program so that I can cross-reference. And then there's, you know, the 17 spreadsheets I have open at any given time for reconciling. Um, so a lot of that is where people can walk in and see my schedule and the schedule that's on the wall for our division to know where mm-hmm. I'm technically supposed to be. And then also that's how I know. And then um, at home, I, for schedule-wise, I have my paper planner. I use a small mini happy planner because if I write it down, it creates a tactile page right. in my brain. Mm-hmm. I may not look at my planner again after I've sp- done my week spread um, because I know where things are. It, that's just how I remember things. But it's a tactile thing where I have to write it down, and it does it, and it exists that way. And then because my fiance is very technophile and because if his phone doesn't remind him, he forgets a lot of things. <laughs> we have merged Google calendars where mm-hmm. I tell, I have set up recurring things I do every week. And if I have any reminders or any special things that I'm doing outside of work, I put it on there so that if he comes home and I'm supposed to be here and I, he looks at his phone, he goes, Oh, it's, Oh, she's there. Right. Then he knows where I am. Uh, and I don't get the, why are you not here? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably still get that, but you know, uh, he, yeah. he, he's informed while making mm-hmm. that text. Um, but that kind of thing. Um, and then, then as far as like companies and things, I use a lot of labels. I am the color coded label queen, everything from my reservations email, because the park has a reservation specific email that I can access, my boss can access and a couple of other people who back up behind me mm-hmm. can access I literally, every email that comes through gets a label. It'll either be a company name for the companies that are requesting reservations, or mm-hmm. it will be self-guided if it's a topic-specific something like an invoice or a, an what we have an academic fee waiver or something like that. It gets a second label that tells them what it is. So anybody can walk into my, <laughs> open up my email for reservations and know exactly what it is by just looking at the inbox. And if and it also means that if somebody emails me and goes, hey, do you have this reservation for this X school? I can open up their labels and search that school name and that email will pop up. And it, it saves a step in a way because I know what company it is and that right. kind of thing. Right, right, right. Um, or if they say, do I have something scheduled on this day? Then mm-hmm. I can go to that and search. I use the Google search function as, as much as possible. Um, the same thing with my personal work email where mm-hmm. I label things, credit cards, reconciliation. Um, right, right. I have been baffling IT for three months now. <laughs> with things. And they're Canadians, so they apologize for the fact that I baffle them. And so <laughs> they do. It's hilarious. Like I have baffled them with this one credit card machine that we've tried to get set up 17 mm-hmm. times and it's not working. And this, this guy, he's on the phone. He's like, I'm so sorry that we haven't figured this out yet. <laughs> Dude, I'm the one who keeps calling you, taking up hours of your time with the, yeah. you're like, this is a fix. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it didn't happen. Next. <laughs> Still says no. <laughs> Still says failed. Uh, but things like that, because I end up being in-house IT a lot. At one mm. point, our, our park IT person bought me dinner because of the fact that I hadn't had anybody call him for a while. <laughs> and he occasionally would like just log on to our, our office that way and be like, are they alive? They haven't asked anything lately. And then, he, then somebody was like, oh yeah, Alicia helped me out with that. And they're like, what? what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um, uh, it's a lot of turning it off and turning it on again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<laughs> but we uh, we do stuff like that with labels. And then um, one of my moments of glory was the fact that my if you open up my top file drawer for reservations, the front mm-hmm. chunk is my SOPs. I have written the standard operating procedure for our reservation system for reconciliation for all of this stuff. There. I've written like 200 pages of of how to with pictures. Um, Are you sure you don't you want have- to reconsider and, and come <laughs> over to IT because I I can I'm hear, just really good at screen grabs. <laughs> well, no, but I can hear all of these these IT people like myself going. This is a person who's not necessarily a technical person, but who who wrote documentation with how to do things, and and you know you you've you have like done what I, your IT guy he must love you now. <laughs> I just that's you know usually it's like I don't know how to do this. Can you write a document? And the, the IT guy is the one who's stuck doing screenshot and put the thing. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, our our system needed an overhaul when I came into this position about two years ago. And the reservation system is actually a database that our IT guy wrote in Microsoft Access about fifteen years ago. Oh. It needs, yeah, yeah, it uh, it needs to die, but mm-hmm. it needs to die an honorable death. We need to put it on a Viking ship and send it out to sea so I can set it on fire. But um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> which our main problem is that we've actually found that uh, if we update to the mandated Microsoft Office 2016, it mm-hmm. clamps down on macros, mm-hmm. which means our access database is dead. Mm. And considering we have a year rolling calendar, mm-hmm. I would literally be shot in the gut. <laughs> you would, yeah. <laughs> because I would to transfer it over, all of the numbers would be different because all of the reservation numbers have been auto-generating for so long. And it would, I, it, it he said that mm-hmm. and my face like, betrayed this like oh my god i'm gonna die i told him that i'm actually hoping we don't go to a new reservation system until after i leave whenever Mm -hmm. that may be (laughs) (laughs) so that i can be the person who wrote this great sop of 70 pages of how because my my Mm -hmm. ideal sop is you walk in and you write the manual right and if somebody who has never worked my reservation system can open up to page one Mm -hmm. and go okay this is how i do this Right. And they can run the system from emails to frequently asked questions to how to set up different kinds of reservations to how to invoice every month because we treat our companies like in-house credit cards on our, our point of sale system. Mm-hmm. And every month I compile all of those charges and send them a document, which we're now trying to get onto pay.gov, which is a federal government payment system, which will right, be right. so much nicer um, <laughs> because they can just attach everything as a PDF and send off and they can pay it mm-hmm. and I don't have to talk to them again. Um but the, the labels, as far as I go, so my, so my drawer, uh, my boss's boss came in one time and I opened the drawer and he just kind of got this look on his face. I was like, what? He says, it's beautiful. It is. I, I, <laughs> I kind of want a photo just so that I can sit there and go, this is what it's supposed to be for offline documentation and new users. <laughs> I'll send you one because I, mm-hmm. uh, I have the SOPs, I have my personal mm-hmm. employee files, and then I have a dated thing with dividers for one through 31. So every daily school school sheet goes in there per per month. Then I have our um, alphabetized dividers for academic fee waivers for the schools that are coming through. I clean that out about every month and a half, two months. So that's current because I get really full really quickly. So, so if a school comes in and says, I have a fee waiver and I go and I check my three places, I document them and I go, no, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no free adults for you. I, I say that as far as it goes, but you know, 
Uh, and then, then there's the invoices where I have my current invoices and mm-hmm. I have my overdue invoices, which the overdue invoices, I just basically threaten their lives until they make sure that they're not overdue. Mm-hmm. I send them four reminders and in increasing intervals. Um, but every time I make an invoice, I, every month has a, has a color. So it's in an alternating like four month schedule, but I will tabby it with a color so that I know that all the current invoices are going to be a certain color. And then I put the, the company name and the, uh, the month that it is. So when you then go into the files of companies mm-hmm. that are behind it, right. you can see this color coding, but you know that if you're looking for February, February was yellow. So you go and you grab that first yellow and you know where it is. And it's just easy to see where the months are. And I keep that and I clean it out every six months. So only six months are current. So the, the funny thing is, as, as I'm getting close to the, and I don't know how well the microphone is picking this up, but uh, the next question, of course, what habits or systems are important to you? You have basically <laughs> just, well, no, you've just described almost the, the, the 43 folders method from uh, David Allen's Getting Things Done. Had, which I've never read. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, no, but that's the thing. Um, which is you have the you have the 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 only thing you're missing is a, a the seven folders for Monday through Sunday. Yeah, because we don't need that. Uh, right. That's what basically is integrated mm-hmm. into our daily school sheets because we work on a month schedule. Mm-hmm. And the first day of every month, I compile everything and pull the old month out and put so it's ready for the new mm-hmm. month. And that's professionally. Like personally, it's a, it's a bit more squirrely. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but that's because I have to deal with a whole, like I have control over that file cabinet. Right, right. I don't have control over my fiance. And, <laughs> and, um, as we're, the packing on that one, yeah. <laughs> as we're packing to move and things like that, uh, now I have a folder going for mortgage stuff mm-hmm. because we applied for the mortgage together. And then I have a file going for wedding stuff. Mm-hmm. And, so it's a it's a binder that I keep everything all together with all of our we've booked our photographer and our event planner and all this stuff and so I keep all of that together. Um, financially, we're kind of in a squirrely way where we share certain accounts. I'm the one who remembers to pay the bills, and I'm fine with that life. Um, <laughs> well, and it's, it's harder for him if he's deployed. If if he's right. deployed, we were uh, the the main thing we we took care of most of his major expenses last year mm-hmm. by selling his car before right. he left because it was a piece of crap and it needed to die um, mm-hmm. a dishonorable death and um, he was also upside down on it because he was uh, one of those people who had bought a car right out of boot camp and was and wasn't didn't do the research or financially so basically nobody was ever going to pay him what he had what he owed on it. So he cut his losses and got rid of the car and paid off the difference while he was getting deployment pay. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then he didn't have those bills. Oh, there goes Sergey. But he, uh, so we took care of that and a lot of his expenses, Mm -hmm. his phone bill wasn't happening, things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And whatever was happening, we just put on automatic payments. Right. So he wasn't touching his money because he can't do that in the ocean. And Mm -hmm. he, um, so that was taken care of. And then I was home taking care of the Brent and right. the utilities because I was living in the house and things like that. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that big of a deal um, as far as it goes. Like we were able to to keep the fun finances easy. It was actually easier to do deployed because he mm-hmm. wasn't spending money. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was the one remembering to send, you know, birthday gifts and, and mm-hmm. Christmas gifts and things to or, uh, you know, Father's Day, Mother's Day gifts and stuff like that to family. Um, because I was closer and I had a better internet connection. Right. And so doing things like that was easier 
in that way. And then um, we, with the joint accounts, but when he's home, he car- he carries his money. I carry my money. Mm-hmm. We have a couple of crossover accounts um, financially. We're also just, you know, keeping track of where the debt is building from things like inspections and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but with my personal planner, like even my personal planner, which as I'm doing the thing where you can see it's oh, yeah. color coded in pens. Um, some colors will always be the same. Orange is work related. Uh, sometimes it's a, do, it's a to-do list and sometimes it's a to-done list yep. of things. Um, especially as I have limited time in the office, I have to keep checking to see that I've gotten to do my regular. Sergey, do not love the, the microphone right now. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Hold on for a second. Okay. Happy plan. <laughs> it's a happy planner, right? Yes. It's a happy planner mini. Okay. Um, I like stickers. And I like things like that. Um, so I have ordered stickers and some of them are even full of platitudes uh, oh, yeah. because they're sassy. And if I don't <laughs> like the platitude, I'll cross it out and put tequila for something. There you go. And <laughs> okay. Hold I feel on like, for a second. I feel I like to... Ursula was just like willing to d- dismiss the stickers all in the platitudes. And I'm like, no, no, no. They can be warped. They can be warped. Yes. <laughs> Let me get rid of this this one. Here he comes again. Okay. Yeah. Come on, Sergey. Let's... Oh, I gotcha. No, don't give me It's a cat, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, that's pain. You're made of claws. Let's, there, see? See what happens? Ow, oh, that's pain. You made of claws. <sighs> three times a day during my workday. I'm not going to cut that. I want people to hear. Three times a day I have to do that, right? It's okay. I, uh, our little black cat that I showed you who was on the back of the mm-hmm. couch and has since gone to to torture somewhere else mm-hmm. is uh, while Sergey is made of claws, Minion is made of teeth. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Moose is made of moose. Yeah. <laughs> she grew into the name we gave her as a kitten. <laughs> yeah, no, Sergey, Sergey, he, he likes to cuddle and he likes to hug. But like, if I pick him up, he'll like, oh, okay. And he just hangs like claws on and just hangs. And I'm like, I'm walking around with my arms spread. I'm not actually holding the cat. And he's just on me purring, going, this is how it's meant to be. So, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> like any true Russian mafia boss, yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, okay. Personally, it's a lot of the, the, the labels and the color cutting, so I know where things are. And we have we even have a physical calendar in case yep. somebody forgets to check their phone. Uh, I put things on the physical calendar. I have a... Uh, a uh, couple of calendars. There's the uh, the one that I actually write on, and then there's the one that is decorative because it's pretty. Yeah, mine is <laughs> mine is um, mine is chickens now. Um, uh, the the decorative one is a uh, Brian Kessinger okay. with the pens and dragons. Uh, so right. it's uh, yep. his mermaids and dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I caught that on Etsy when he had a couple on sale on there, and it's really pretty. Yeah, I don't know. So, but yeah, I, I've I've started keeping a written calendar so that like Ursula doesn't have to figure out where I am based on phone or whatever. She can walk in and look on my wall. Yeah, um, that's basically mm-hmm. my plan. Is if I put enough obvious things in places where they, they can find out where I am, <laughs> then somebody's gonna know where I am and it'll be fine. Uh, yeah, it's uh, th- those habits are things that are making mm-hmm. things obvious and making things easy to find mm-hmm. and easy to follow, which is a lot of labeling, a lot of colors. Um, if I know where it is, even if it looks like chaos, which our house currently does because we're half packing it up. And then, um, as I mentioned before, we started the interview with car accident and stuff. Mm -hmm. Things are crazy. Uh, we, uh, things, things, because we suddenly had to pull everything out of my car (laughs) Uh, and I'm 
semi-hobo at times and mm-hmm. carry a lot of stuff in my car. Um, yeah, like the the arch for our wedding was in my, the back of my car oh, <laughs> in a box. So I was very happy when we opened up the smashed back of my car and the box was okay. Yeah, no, that's Thank that's you. important because yeah, my flat hat and my and my arch for my wedding were fine, and, and the guy can live another day. Yes. Considering he didn't hurt me, so my fiance didn't have to hurt him, and he didn't hurt the two things that I carried back and, my yeah, car yeah. other than us. <laughs> <laughs> so um all right so we've talked about the systems you use we've talked about the habits um bu- 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 so uh, what's the best advice or feedback you've been given uh the best advice and feedback in terms of personal productivity is mm-hmm. that you can't pour from an empty cup okay. it's something that you know you see you see going around a meme form and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but the way that it is it kind of relates to self-care Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an introvert who works a very extrovert job. I, I'm, I, yeah, I, that's Ursula. <laughs> I, exactly. Like you can, we, we look like ambiverts on the outside, mm-hmm. but left to our own devices, we don't leave the house because that requires pants and talking. Yep. And, <laughs> and um, so, so for me, like, I, I like, I also like the cup analogy because my extrovert part is like, mine's a teacup. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big teacup because my teacup is occasionally the size of my face. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it could be a varying size teacup, but it's still a teacup and there's only so much in it. Mm-hmm. Other people, like I have a friend who her extroversion is a big gulp with unlimited refills. Wow. And Damn. so she's never going to run out of it and she can do everything. She's mm-hmm. the energizing bunny. That's great for her. Fantastic. I get tired looking at it. Um, <laughs> I have... Uh, I have an autoimmune thyroid disease and part of that is also chronic fatigue. Mm -hmm. And so basically I had to, upon diagnosis and figuring things out, um, post about eight months post the death of my, the sudden death of my mother, we figured out Mm. that I had uh, Mm -hmm. Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which I was exhausted. I was like, Mm -hmm. it was insane. Um, so when the symptoms start coming, I have to like stop and think, is this, um, disease or is this stress triggering an inflammation response like is this mm-hmm. and it's also just pushing myself and realizing that i'm I've, my cup is upside down right like i don't have anything else to put in there and so taking the time to relax and mm-hmm. even if it's filling out my planner and putting the stupid stickers on if it's uh cross-stitching i, mm-hmm. I cross-stitch snarky things um if i cross-stitched if i sit with my cats if i uh, sit and read. Um, we're going to have, my fiance and I are going to have to deal with finding a new time for me to have time alone. Um, mm-hmm. because when he gets out of the Navy in September, I won't have duty days once a week <laughs> <laughs> where I don't have anybody in the house and I can just be like, yeah, I totally ate dinner. It was totally ice cream with chocolate chips. And I did it on the couch while watching Netflix, but, and watching a sappy, like mm-hmm. Hallmark movie on Netflix that you never want to watch, but, um, that fills my cup. And right. Because he doesn't take as much of a stress um, from my cup as, like, say, going out with friends or something does on, mm-hmm. on top of a full work day. It still does start to, to take away. And it, it's going to be something as simple as, you know, having a door to shut. We're currently in a one-bedroom mm-hmm. apartment. We're moving into a two-bedroom house with an extra room that I'm going to use as my office. And we can just shut the door and be like, oh, you're yeah. not here. Um, mm-hmm. So things like that. But you can't, you can't continue to, to pour out of your cup unless you put something back into it. And a lot of that is building systems mm-hmm. that allow you to not have to pour as much out um, when you have to work smarter, not harder kind of thing. Um, yes. So with labels and stuff like that, when suddenly 
the government wants a report on how many people we had on X, Y, and Z, or we have mm-hmm. to we come into a high stress thing like a hurricane hitting right before uh, the end of fiscal year oh. or right after the end of fiscal mm-hmm. year, and our finances are suddenly completely and utterly fucked. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, like hurricane cleanup for me was doing about a dozen income transfers mm-hmm. and clearing out our accounts all of a sudden that should have been done the week before, but we are all hunkered down trying not to die mm-hmm. and things like that. So we, um, as far as it goes, like you have to take the time to have the systems in place so that when stuff like that happens, you don't stress as much. Mm-hmm. I can say I can pull all of these reports because I know what color they are. I can pull all of these things because I know this report's going to be due at some point. Mm-hmm. So I keep a running tab of how many people these people have brought in. I have automatic reminders for automatic reports that I need to get from my companies we have contracts for. And I set them like two weeks out because I know that if I send it a week out, there's going to be a people who are a week late. So I send it with that extra week calculated in like the publishers and Ursula's deadlines. Yeah. Um, they calculate in that part. And I, that's something I, I do is I make it easier on myself by calculating that time mm-hmm. so that it doesn't create a stress when it does happen. I almost, uh, my grandfather had this great advice at my cousin's wedding when they asked, you know, what advice do you have? They were the longest married couple. They had just been married for over 50 years. And he said, what mm-hmm. is your advice for the newly married couple? And it's advice that applies in a lot of things. And he says, prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. Yep. And so I take that personally because if I prepare for the worst, mm-hmm. then I'm prepared for it. And if the worst doesn't happen, then I get extra time. I get extra stuff. I get, I have more time to do other things and it's less stress overall, even if the worst happens. Yep. And my cup doesn't overflow. My I mean, my cup could overflow and then I, you know, put on pants and go talk to people, but, (laughs) you know, like ease it out. I go do something social Mm -hmm. at the same time. I'm not draining myself continually Mm -hmm. to try to make things work. It's not like there's a hole in the bottom of the cup. Right. Exactly. It's not. So it's, it's a, it's a thing that, that really helps is you can't pour Mm -hmm. from an empty cup and you have to. Make the decision sometimes because my cup used to be a lot bigger. Yeah. And now it's a lot smaller because I need eight hours of sleep every night if I'm going to be able to get up in the morning and not look like I just got run over by a truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, this weekend has been really, really stressful. And I know that I have to go into work tomorrow and work a full day as well as wait for the call from the insurance adjuster and possibly deal with the stress of if they total my car out having to buy a new car, which was not the plan two weeks before closing on a house. No, not really. Um, so uh, that's a lot of stress that I couldn't plan for, mm-hmm. but I have safety measures in place that I can't. Right. And because we, we worked out a weekend, I have the time that I can just chill out. I can do laundry. I can, right. you know, order dinner in and I can take the time to not stress on something else. Mm-hmm. We had great plans to take all the wall art down and start packing other stuff up. And it was like, that can be done another night. Yeah. I can deal with it another night. It's not something that had to happen. Mm-hmm. And... I have other uses for what's in my cup right now. Yep. Yep. So with all that, and you've talked a little bit about the self-care aspect, how do you reward yourself for a job well done or it's been a great day or um, all these horrible things happened and I didn't lose my shit? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, a lot of it is almost like giving myself permission to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, or to do something that isn't scheduled or to not be productive where it's an interesting thing because I can tend to shut down 
things get really bad and then I just don't accomplish things and then it builds a guilt complex Mm -hmm. when I don't do anything. So being able to say, I'm going to sit on the couch and cross-stitch some cuss words right now and I'm not going to feel bad that I have spent four hours of my evening cross-stitching fuck over and over again. (laughs) You know, I'm stabbing something and it's great. Or I'm going to watch the Hallmark movie. I'm giving myself permission of, I did good today. I can just chill out. We don't have to do anything. I can figure this out. It's a job. Well done. And that means that the pressure is off and I can just do it. And sometimes it's a, hey, let's go to dinner. At mm-hmm. the same time, like sometimes the hard days warrant the, hey, let's go to dinner so that you don't have to cook dinner because I can see the thought of you cooking dinner makes you want to stab things. <laughs> I'm, I'm very familiar with that that feeling, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Here, so, I will yeah, give you money to go get takeout from Hardee's. Just, I don't want to deal yes. with that. And I'm the cook, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there have been a lot of days the past couple of weeks as uh, work gets really stressful with our staff diminishing that I come in and my fiance looks at me and Mm -hmm. is just like, so we're going to Panera today (laughs) or so we're going to Bono's Barbecue. (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Our food budget is shot, but we're fine. (laughs) That's okay. That's what the yeah. emergency fund is for. That's right. Because this right. is emergency barbecue. I, uh, man, I need. I should set up a fund just for emergency barbecue. All right, I have to ask the important question. I have to ask the important question. Um, what kind? What What do you consider barbecue? And I'm I'm gonna say well, this. Neutral. This is this is a neutral question. This is not meant to be a religious question. It's never a neutral question in the south. <laughs> Thank you. There is no neutral barbecue question in the South. <laughs> and, and the hilarious part is that I come from a family of Yankees, mm-hmm. and I've traveled all over the South. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of different places. There's a barbecue place in Chattanooga, Tennessee, mm-hmm. that uh, my fiance's from Louisville, and Chattanooga okay. is like the halfway point. Right. And Park Ranger, there's also a park there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we pretty much always stop in Chattanooga because we know there's a good hotel that we can stop at for decently priced, and it's mm-hmm. about halfway, and we're not straining ourselves. Um, there's a little place called Hillbilly Willie's Barbecue in Chattanooga that does. <laughs> I, I'm in love all of a sudden just with the name. Yeah, it's amazing. Like my my best friend, uh, who as I said earlier introduced mm-hmm. me to you and Nurse <laughs> as a whole. Um, she and I were on a road trip to. I was interviewing for a. Um, a program at Vanderbilt mm-hmm. uh, or interviewing with a professor to apply for a program at Vanderbilt that ended up not panning out because everybody had the flu, including Jill. And yes, <laughs> Jill, this is now on the internet, so nobody will ever forget. Um, and never letting her live it down that we got to Nashville and mm-hmm. she got the flu. Oh. <laughs> um, it was really... <laughs> She's gonna kill me. Um, but she... Uh, but we were coming off of Lookout Mountain and we mm-hmm. see this sign and it's this strip mall kind of in a nowhere mm-hmm. whatever into mm-hmm. I see a sign I was like hey that sign says Hailbilly Willie's barbecue and she was like it's about lunchtime you want food I said sure so we crossed four lanes of traffic oh, and yeah. got out of it and we park and she's like oh look respectable looking people are coming out of there it's gotta be good and we walk <laughs> in and it's this you walk in and you're suddenly like wow I'm in a moonshiner's place in a strip mall and they're right serving on. you sweet tea mm-hmm. in jars and okay. they uh they my the ribs like you get the ribs and the bones just fall out mm-hmm. um and i got what they called their potatoes mm-hmm. which is a one pound potato mm-hmm. baked until it's buttery soft cracked open covered right. in cheese covered in the meat of your choice oh. and then covered in sauce and sour cream and because it's, it's tennessee it's all memphis style <laughs> i'm guessing right 
mm-hmm. with the dry it comes out dry and you and you and then you and then you sauce as you like yeah. it's insane it is <laughs> it's so good um yep. but then there's also a couple of places we get a lot of the uh, dry rub here mm-hmm. in uh florida because people migrate um mm-hmm. So my favorite places are in town are our dry rub um, just because I, I do like to be able to sauce and I, I franken sauce a lot where mm-hmm. I mix the sweet and spicy because they're never just right mm-hmm. um, until I get the right one. If you can send, if you can recommend a good sweet and spicy, I'm fine. But, um, but if I'm in the Carolinas, like Charleston and stuff like that, oh yeah, Carolina style all the way. It's delicious and fantastic. We went mm-hmm. to Charleston one time and just ate all of the things okay now, now you realize <laughs> that charleston typically has that low country mustard based sauce that mm-hmm. since i'm from north carolina that is a, an abomination against all creation but i understand but the red like sauces it. are good too tomato mm-hmm. based sauces are good too yep. um my my grandfather used to make his own i i think you've had daddle pepper sauce on the on kevin and ursula eat teeth before oh, yeah. or have you had daddle mm-hmm. Um, I'm from the area that Daddle is native to. Oh. My grandfather would make his own Daddle sauce. Uh, so, because the store sauces weren't spicy enough. <laughs> so, uh, basically, was... it'll cure what ails you because it'll come out somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, that is that is from the it's, days it's... before the internet. And we could just go out and say, click a button and have Dave's Insanity Sauce or whatever delivered to our yes. house. Yeah, uh, yeah they... Uh, they... The battle sauces are great because of the, the natural sweetness to it. So mm-hmm. we get a lot of things. There's a there's a chowder called Menorcan clam chowder, mm-hmm. which is a red chowder that is fantastic. And we have an entire great chowder debate in my town. <laughs> so I'm guessing food is also a reward. Yes, it really is. Uh, I love good food. I love cooking good food. I love feeding people because mm-hmm. I am from the South. Uh, as much as I'm a Yankee family, like, we find my grandmother felt it was a point of pride when my fiance finally just walked into the house, opened the fridge, and grabbed something out of it and sat down mm-hmm. without asking. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, "Thank God I don't have to," because she her answer is usually, "Yeah, take whatever you want. Alicia knows where it is. Alicia mm-hmm. can get it if you can't figure it out." You know. Right. Right. <laughs> if you sit too long at my grandmother's house, she starts asking you if you want something. Um, and that's everybody's house that I grew up with. Everybody tries to feed, even the Jewish mothers would like, there was one who would like you sit there and she'd be like, Oh, would you like something? (laughs) (laughs) At Hanukkah, her daughter would come in with like latkes and all of those good things and stuff like that, because she was like, we're the one Jewish family in your class. So we need to educate the Gentiles. (laughs) And it was fantastic. (laughs) And I love them to death. They're, they're amazing people. Um, but we, we, Food is, food is a reward. Um, we saved the really good stuff. Like there's a, a Brazilian steakhouse in town that I took my fiance to for his birthday and got mm-hmm. the full churrasco experience, oh, $50 yeah. a person. Mm-hmm. And he rolled out the front door very happy mm-hmm. and then got in the car and had to like unbutton his pants. It was fantastic. We, uh, we call uh, that the meat I wore a skirt because I'm smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we call that the meat faucet. <laughs> And, um, yes. yeah, and the last time I think I forget which deal it was, I think it might've been for the dragon breath signing. Um, Ooh, Ursula yeah. and I went to, to one and we didn't even make it to the car. It's like, we, <laughs> we got out and there's this bench, like a good 50 feet out next to this tower with a flame at the top. That's sort of like, you know, the, the outside light up thing. And we just sort of sat there and we're just like, we can't move. We, we're just like, we had the meat sweats. We had the meat <laughs> yes, coma. the meat sweats were in full force. Yeah. 
And we just we just had to sit and digest and go into that food coma for like half an hour. Just go, oh, that was so good. But oh, we are just done for a little bit now. (laughs) The hilarious part is that when um, when we started planning our wedding, we we sat down and very smartly Mm -hmm. like talked about the three things that were most important to us. Right. Wedding day, other than getting married. And um, the big thing was to have fun. Mm hmm. To feed people well, because we're both feeders. Mm-hmm. He can't cook worth a lick, but he can microwave okay. <laughs> and he, uh, but we also wanted to, you know, to have like the, the food part of it thing. Mm-hmm. So our solution to make sure everybody was pretty well happy, um, and also hoping that we don't have any vegans in our friend circle that we're not aware of, is to have barbecue for our wedding. <laughs> there you go. Yep. So we're just, we're, uh, our event planner hooked us up with a great, uh, one of our favorite barbecue places mm-hmm. with a great quote for them. So it's going to be long tables. We're mm-hmm. getting married in a fish camp. Oh, with nice. A great set view mm-hmm. and uh, long tables where everybody makes friends and sits and stuff like that. And then um, barbecue and then cupcakes. And it has a fire pit at the fish camp. So we're going to do a s'mores bar. There you go. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but we, uh, we were like, that's the thing is that to feed is to care for. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yesterday Austin, was, uh, my fiance was like, we got home after this traumatic experience of getting rear-ended by a Chevy Silverado while sitting <laughs> at a stoplight in this Honda Civic. And, uh, he's like, do you want ice cream? <laughs> He's like, do you, do you want to order dinner? <laughs> Let's order dinner. And uh, dinner arrives with, you know, the brownie, oh, yeah. <laughs> red sticks, and pizza, and all that stuff. Because they're just like, yeah, screw this. Because um, food can be comfort as well. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of food guilt associated with a lot of things from previous experiences mm-hmm. in my life and, and other things. Um, recovering from eating disorder mm-hmm. when I was younger. And you, you never really stop recovering. Right. And um but stuff like that and things. So it's a lot of food guilt and removing the food guilt is part of the help that and mm-hmm. making it a, a reward, but not something that's only for a reward. Right. So that you can, you can have, you can enjoy it as a comfort mm-hmm. as well as an excitement part. So, so yeah, the, the rewards part of things that like, I let myself do stuff that mm-hmm. I could do anyways because I'm an adult, but I yeah. get to do them for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. All right. Flip side of the coin, you know it's coming. The 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 bad question, and that is, what about when you miss or you fail or you screw up? How do you how do you handle that? Uh, Fifty lashes with a wet noodle. Um, eh? I <laughs> I I beat myself up pretty mm-hmm. pretty badly as that, and that's one of the things that um, calling me a perfectionist is both a compliment and an insult mm-hmm. uh, in a way, depending on how you're talking about it. Um, just ask my boss because sometimes she loves that I'm a perfectionist and sometimes she hates that I'm a perfectionist. Uh-huh. And um, it's it's something that I, I struggle with a lot when I fail. And I try very, very hard not to let it ruin things. Yeah. Um, part of the reason I build these complex systems that are both like complexly simple, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, yeah. that mm-hmm. I can follow and have things yeah. is so that I'm essentially trying to remove responsibility from myself so that Mm -hmm. if something does go wrong, I can tell myself I tried everything possible to make it not go wrong. Mm -hmm. And the universe happens. Things happen. Mm -hmm. Things go wrong. Everything fails. The world is on fire and the meteor hits. Like things happen and I can't stop it, but that's allowing myself to 
acknowledge that it mm-hmm. happened, acknowledge that I failed. I didn't get this mm-hmm. done. I didn't make a deadline. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. But I tried my best. But you put all the systems and in place to, to try to head it off at the pass. And at that point, eh, what are you going to do? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Which, which helps to remove a lot of the guilt because mm-hmm. if it's something like if I completely forget something, mm-hmm. then I am embarrassed and I hate being embarrassed. It's uh-huh. the worst feeling in the world. Uh, my uh, my bachelor's degree is in music and history, and my master's degree is in public health and mm-hmm. community outreach and all kinds of things, which is part of how I work with the park system <laughs> so much diversity, um, performing and history and community mm-hmm. outreach and organization. Um, it's it's an interesting thing because as a performer, I really mm-hmm. hated being embarrassed when things went wrong. Right. I hated making mistakes on stage. I hated that. And no matter what happens, if I'm making a mistake and I have to acknowledge that it's a mistake, I'm mm-hmm. doing it publicly enough that I'm embarrassed. Right. And that's the worst part. So I try my best to make it so that I'm not embarrassed. And sometimes <laughs> I'm embarrassed because of other people. And then I just have to kick them off the fort. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have more that than power. <laughs> I don't really. That's a lot of paperwork. But I try my best. Um, Sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. No, like the, my, you'll, you'll get a kick out of the fact that having had kids... Yeah. My my way of trying to get fourth graders to stay with their adults mm-hmm. in self guided groups so they don't have a tour guide leading them around is I tell them that we have a problem with lost adults. Adults just lose their way inside the fort at all times, so it's the fourth graders' <laughs> responsibility to stay with the adults at all times because I really hate how much paperwork a lost adult comes with. And so everybody laughs. Mm-hmm. Everybody laughs, but they remember it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it turns it around because the fourth grader is like, "Oh, ha ha, you get lost. I gotta take care of you." And somehow it seems to work more often than not, uh, unless yeah. everybody's being a little shit. <laughs> well, and and they're fourth graders, so that happens. And it's not one; it's it, like when it when it happens, they cascade. Right. It does. And it also is a problem where uh, we get the, the parents who are like, "Oh, I'm on a field trip. This is a holiday for me too, so I'm gonna sit here on my phone the entire time." Right. Or uh, it drives me and the tour guides nuts when we see ter- parents pulling their kid out of the nice order- orderly tour line to take a picture somewhere, taking mm-hmm. them out of the tour to get their picture when they should be following the line. <laughs> like That drives us nuts because the parents are obviously no respect for the fact that they're in a tour. Right. And, right. oh, but this kid needs a special picture instead mm-hmm. of, like, following the person in front of them. So yeah, it's yeah. a it's a thing. But like I said, with the failure part, I try my best to avoid failure. Mm-hmm. And if I and it's inevitable at mm-hmm. times, but I try to absolve myself of any guilt before it happens, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And that that helps a lot. And then there's also the times that I just I fucked up. Yeah. And then I cry a lot. And then I get back up and do it again and try to mm-hmm. learn from the mistake. And I it's it's hard to do sometimes. I have- I'm, I'm medicated adult, for that. Yeah, it really is, expensive yeah. mistakes. <laughs> yeah, and 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 do you get the thing? I used to get the thing before Zoloft became my hero, um, where you're you screwed something up and it's a really minor thing, but now you're going over all the things you screwed up since like you were eight years old. Oh God, I yeah. am the worst, and my fiance is the worst about that. Um, mm-hmm. It starts that cycle. I uh, yep. I recently finally had the conversation with my doctor that mm-hmm. depression can be a symptom of my disease. Right. Um, we I used to classify it as little D depression as a symptom and big D mm-hmm. depression as, as a thing of its own. So mm-hmm. I would have to sit there and do like a soul search of is this big D or little D? Mm-hmm. And I finally got to the point where I went to her and I was like, I can't discern anymore. Mm-hmm. I really can't. 
And yeah. I think it's time that we just treat it. Mm-hmm. And you finally got me taking a pill for the rest of my life because I fought that for so long for chronic pain and all these mm-hmm. issues and stuff. I fought it. And mm-hmm. finally I can't, you know, not live without my thyroid working th- properly. Yeah. <laughs> like my mm-hmm. hair was falling out. Mm-hmm. And, um, so finally, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let's fine. Let's just add another pill. And mm-hmm. and we started Pistique. And within oh, a couple God, of weeks, yeah. it, it got to the point where I could just deal. Mm-hmm. I wasn't panicking at that because my anxiety was mm-hmm. escalating from that. The cycle would start and my anxiety would, would mm-hmm. just go off the rails. So it's helped me keep an even keel a lot mm-hmm. more, which means failure is a lot less catastrophic than it yep. was before. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to say, um, there's a generic Pristique now. Yes, that's yeah. what I take, yeah, actually, luckily. We, we had to make um, the shift. We, we, did the, yeah. mm-hmm. we did the genetic test um, mm-hmm. to to see what worked best because of the fact that mm-hmm. my body chemistry is all fucked up. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it's, <laughs> and uh, I've my, my doctor sat there and she's like, I could give you whatever I think will work just fine for you and mm-hmm. we can hope. But considering we've done that before and you've ended up two days later in my office going, get me off of it. Um, or mm-hmm. calling me from I've called her from my bathroom floor before um, yeah. as far as things going that's just how bad it was and because I react in- interestingly mm-hmm. to things oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she was just like no we're not we're, we're not going to play around with it and so mm-hmm. we made the decision informed with the genetic cheek swab of mm-hmm. okay you should work just fine with this and we were very happy that the uh, the last dartboard thing of my anxiety medication was on the list of good ones because it was yeah. like I was kind of in need of something for when it started, mm-hmm. and so oh, I yeah. ended up on a, on something that helps mm-hmm. cut that off at the knees. And I would end up like staring at the wall for four hours, but it worked. I, yeah. <laughs> I was anxiously staring at the wall. <laughs> uh, what is it? What is it? so? Yeah, Ursula has something to to help with that when the anxiety gets really bad and we thought it was just depression but it was the anxiety depression kind of combination and yeah if if it's when she takes she'll take one and or two depending on how bad it is and mm-hmm. yeah it's like okay so one you're still anxious two you're not still anxious and you're down for the count and i'll see you in about yeah. eight hours and yeah you that know, was me mm-hmm. and uh the nausea that came with it i had to learn that i had to eat Mm-hmm. It's a uh, Busiform was the the the, mm-hmm. the one that I take for that, um, and it was one of those things that it it was something that I tried once to take at work. It didn't work out well. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh-huh. yeah, that that was a bad experience because mm-hmm. I got I also hadn't eaten. Um, so my lesson is if I'm going to take it, I go home, I mm-hmm. eat a whole ton of carbs, and then I take it, and then I just stare at the ceiling for a while. Just let it go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with that. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, that that helps a lot as far mm-hmm. as things go. Um, medication is never some. I it was mm-hmm. my my reticence to take medication was not anything against the medication it, mm-hmm. itself. It was the fact that I grew up with a mother with a neurological condition that that made it. I watched her take pills every day, mm-hmm. like pills every day, just to manage her condition, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be that person. And I also saw her when she. When she was uh, coming off of those pills, mm-hmm. and therefore, um, when she ran out of pills or the the pharmacy couldn't mm-hmm. get it to her in time and stuff like that, and it just made it something that I couldn't, I didn't want to be that person. Right. And having missed one dose of Pristique and knowing how that works, 
uh, I am never missing a dose again. Um, yeah, so that kind of stuff. And I'm, I have my little pill counter that I do every week, mm-hmm. and I make sure that I take everything because I, I take two thyroid doses uh, in alternation. So I have to mm-hmm. make sure I'm on the right day. Yeah. Um, and that kind of stuff. And so it's it's not anything against the pills. I just didn't want to be that person who took pills all the time because I grew up watching it be something that she needed to function. Yep. And this doesn't help me function in general, but it helps me function at my best. Yep. And that's when I made the decision that, okay, I can, I can deal with taking these pills every day to be able to be myself, my best self. Your in best that self. Way. That's the, yeah. Better living through chemistry. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's everything. Um, do you have anything else for our, our listeners or, um, you know, or, or can we, um, or are you ready to say goodbye? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kind of take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you know, if you end up having something and the guilt is there, then mm-hmm. dwelling on it isn't going to make it better. Dwelling on it is mm-hmm. going to make it worse, and it's going to make it harder to get back up again. Uh-huh. And so letting it go, moving forward and saying, I fucked up, mm-hmm. I did it, we move forward. Um, and then you learn how you fucked up and mm-hmm. how you can develop a system to make it so that you don't fuck up again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> as far yeah. as it goes. And at that every every park service place has a wild assortment of jobs from biology to administration Mm -hmm. to automotive mechanics and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and love your national parks come visit us we're very personable people if we're not then just you know kick us but please don't kick your park rangers they're they're really underpaid yeah um i'm a fan i'm I'm, I'm a fan of our national park system i really am so yeah yeah i mean the carolinas have some great ones oh yeah Uh, i love to and my fiance has accepted that if we see a brown sign with an arrowhead, I am contractually obligated to take that exit, no matter how far off of that exit the park is. You bet. But he's also understanding that if I see one for a distillery, I will stop for that too, which means that Louisville trips are great. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, we have, we, we have a nice selection of both here. Exactly. So, yeah. so the Carolinas will have to come visit and come come hook up and see the chickens because with our house we have a little spot in the yard picked out for a coop and All right. some go. chicken chicken friends and a puppy friend that's going to be there. Maybe the, the car accident will work out best for for transporting dogs and chickens. <laughs> All right. Uh, but basically, mm-hmm. come come see your national parks. Come mm-hmm. talk to us about how we organize things. We're very highly organized for mm-hmm. what we are. If we're scattered, then we're not doing our job well. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of the things, and it may look like we're not doing very much on the surface, but mm-hmm. big swaths of land take a lot of paperwork oh, yeah. to make happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we appreciate all of our visitors who make it worth it. If you don't come visit us, we don't have a job to do. Right. And personally, uh, I admire every woman who has ever planned a wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and bought, anybody who's ever bought a house. Mm-hmm. And to any military spouses, girlfriends, boyfriends, significant others, mm-hmm. uh, persons who are family members or uh, connected to the military, I salute you. Mm-hmm. I have been you for years. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, but it gets easier. And always connect to your local community because we're always out there to help. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I took in a cat from another wife during mm-hmm. Hurricane Irma. And my cat was very unhappy with the situation. Yeah. And, <laughs> but, you know, that kind of thing where you drive across town. I've, amazing people, mm-hmm. amazing organizations, amazing stuff like that. Um, my personal stuff, you can find me on Twitter mm-hmm. at Alicia Adulting. <laughs> it's uh, A-L-I-C-I-A Adulting. <laughs> uh, 
which is also, uh, I occasionally blog. I'm working on blogging mm-hmm. more, but my life has exploded to at um, www.extraordinaryadulting.com. Um, because adulting is hard. <laughs> adulting is hard, and mm-hmm. um, we're still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got a bunch of things, everything from wedding dress shopping as a plus size person and not having any idea <laughs> and thinking that I want knew what I wanted and then it turned out to not be what I got yeah. um, and everything like that, as well as the moving saga and the car saga. Mm-hmm. Um, so come see me on Twitter. Come see me on my blog. I'm always happy to chat and <laughs> enjoy times. And it's great to follow you guys. And I love following you. Yeah, no, we're, we're, uh, we're glad to have you. Yeah. It's uh, my favorite road trip listening <laughs> there was a point where uh, my fiance heard you say something like Ursula thought you were shading her for her Ben and Jerry habits. Mm-hmm. And you were like, no, I will back an entire, I will go hijack a Ben and Jerry's truck and back it up to the front door. So you can have as much as you want. And my fiance is like, who's me? Who's me? That's what I would do. <laughs> as uh, as uh, the internet cannot see my fiance walking around in the background yeah, holding was, a cat above his say, head. I- I'm laughing at, at both the statement and and him wandering around in the background with the cat. It's it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we uh he I swear he runs a very complicated weapon system. He's very smart, but also tortures our cats on a regular mm-hmm. basis. It's, it's... This is why I'm getting him a dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're getting a, a, a pit mix named Buddha, oh. who is a lover. Oh, so yeah. we're we're excited for a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. Be productive. It looks different for everybody. Don't judge yourself if it doesn't look for look like anybody else's. Absolutely. Like, uh, I'm not an artist or an author, and my productivity looks a whole lot different than others. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Thank you so much. This has just been You're very awesome. Welcome. It was you know, fun. Yeah. <laughs> and um, for the people listening at home, uh, we'll be right back. And we are back. We took a short break because we heard a whippoorwill outside, and it's kind of nice to take like a break, let your your head clear, and go out looking for to see if you can actually spot an elusive whippoorwill in the in the wild. And we hear them very regularly because they nest in the woods behind our house. But this one is literally in the front yard. Yes. And very close. So uh, Kevin spotted it briefly last night. Last night. night. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when he heard it again, he was like, we got to go look. So we pulled out flashlights and went looking. We did not spot it. but This um, time, yeah. Yes. uh, Whippoorwills are ground-nesting birds, Mm -hmm. although you can find them up trees sometimes as well. They uh, they are very weird-looking, and their eyes reflect bright red. Yes. So if you – one of the best ways to see them is literally to go to, like, a field in the evening – Turn the headlights on the car, and you will see, uh, particularly if they're cows or whatever, you will see the whippoorwills uh, bug catching over them, and mm-hmm. their eyes will glow bright red in the headlights. Uh, I don't know what the cows think of that. I don't think the cows care. Cows aren't. Cows are very sedate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, 
one of the quotes that everybody just heard was, you cannot drink from an empty cup. Or rather, you cannot pour from an empty cup. And in reference to taking care of yourself and recharging yourself, which is what we did. We went out and we recharged a little bit outside. And so this week's badge code is empty cup. As a reminder that we shouldn't let our, our cup get empty. We should continually refill, take those little times to recharge. It's, it's all part of self-care, which has sort of been an ongoing theme for several episodes, just on and off. Because it's really important not to let yourself get so driven or into whatever it is you th need to accomplish that you like literally start to kill yourself. And I say, this is someone who is now in the last year because of job pressure, uh, had to increase his antidepressants and go on high blood pressure medicine. Yes. Right. That's it's bad. It's really bad. You can physically hurt yourself by working too hard. Do not do it. There's the uh, uh, one thing I talk about mm -hmm. in art sometimes is, you know, you, you have to let the well refill. You yep. can't go to the well too many times. It is not inexhaustible. And uh, particularly with art, I find that's much more true. Writing, mm -hmm. uh, writing there are ways I can fudge it. But <laughs> uh, art, you know, I occasionally am having a vague thought I could do a painting like this. I'm still mm -hmm. not doing it. Yeah. Because... I'll be honest, I think I've burned myself out pretty bad on the hamsters on mm -hmm. and it's gonna and it's gonna take a little while to recover. You can't yeah. just I mean, I used to be able to as soon as I'd stopped hamster, I'd be like, woohoo, I can do my own stuff and start doing it. Now I'm just like, fuck art. <laughs> yeah so taking taking a break, letting that recharge, letting you you kind of come down from all that is is certainly. It's important. a good thing, yeah. I also need to just, like, mm -hmm. if I knuckle down and actually start a piece, then I will work on it and probably finish it. Mm -hmm. um, I did the Gila Monster Saint, you know, that was good. I, I am glad I did it. But just the... I, I have no... I don't have any drive to do it. Right. Writing, I have, you know, a lot of drive. Art, I'm just like, if I never pick up a pencil again, meh. Mm -hmm. Uh... So, and that, yeah. that'll change because I know you have those moods where, and you'll be like everywhere with a sketchbook, just yeah. idly doodling and coming up with things that turn into paintings or, or pendants or whatever later. Yeah. So it, it just, you just need some downtime from the art to let it refill. Yeah. And I'm starting to get to a point mm -hmm. where I'm seriously thinking that I need to, I mean, and, and again, you know, this isn't, I'm not really complaining about this. This is a, I mean, it may sound like a complaint. That's not intentional. Uh, this was a calculated decision that I made that I yep. was like, I know doing the hamsters is going to fry me and I'm mm -hmm. going to do it anyway because I need the money. And that allows me to do a bunch of other stuff yep. that I find mm -hmm. worthwhile. Uh, I am getting to the point where maybe I would not make that decision necessarily again, mm -hmm. but uh, we're, we'll see how the next book pitch yep. goes. So, yeah. So anyway, keep the keep the cup filled or refill least... refill the cup. Yes. yes. As a side note, as part of that you heard me mention badge code for new listeners. We issue Mozilla standard open badges. You can go to our website and enter the code empty cup into the form at the bottom of the page and you will be awarded an open badge specifying you listen to this episode. And there's one for every episode and they're all available just by listening for free because I think it's awesome. Yeah. 
I really like open batches. So check that out. You can also check out our Patreon. Yes. Patreon.com slash Ursula V. Which someday we will rebrand. Maybe we need to make a Trello board for that, too. Okay, it would consist of a card saying I've done nothing. No, the the, the card is the... I'll, I'll, next week, maybe we should go through Kanban flow and, okay. and talk about it in, in depth. So I'll, I'll make a note about that one. Ooh, yeah, here we go. Um, next week, when we have... Uh, Elizabeth B., who also who's a tax preparer. Ah, excellent. Um, next week on the show. And if you do something, and then here's the thing, you, it doesn't have to be interesting. Like you don't have to think this is a fascinating job that I do. Right. Because like you know, people think being a writer would be interesting. No, most of it is me sitting in front <laughs> of a keyboard, going, "I'm a hack. What do these people do next?" Uh, if you do something where you have to keep organized mm-hmm. and you feel like talking about your organizational systems, oh yeah, uh, you know, shoot Kevin an email. I have maybe. absolutely. You can email me at Kevin at Sunny S O N N E Y. Let me just volunteer dot my com. husband's show. That's fine. <laughs> uh, we have a contact form on the webpage at productivityalchemy.com. You can also uh, put in your suggestions, your feedback there. Thinking of of people who aren't just writers doing it. We've got um, Elizabeth next week who does tax preparation stuff. And then we have a letter show. And then we've got Thomas in Germany, who's a school teacher. Excellent. And that's a really fascinating discussion because Thomas is an awesome guy. And I was really um, happy that we could work out our schedule. that We could sit down and talk being in different continents and time zones and stuff. So all that being said, thank you all for listening. You can find all the links to Patreon and coffee and all that other stuff. Other website. Our, uh, podcasts. Other, our other podcasts at I'm Productivity. i internet. I called the cat internet a minute ago. You did. So we'll, we'll, let me get through this and then we can, I'll go into editing mode and you can go play more, what, Borderlands 2 currently? Yes. Okay. Handsome Jack must die. Absolutely. So, right. Um, productivityalchemy.com. You can find links to our, my coffee page where you can buy me a coffee, to the Patreon, to the other podcasts, to the explanation of open badges, as well as the six questions I currently ask people as I work into, I think I'm going to add a seventh and maybe an eighth question, uh, thanks to listener suggestions as we, oh. as we move forward. But that is neither here nor there, now or then, which was a great, depressing, but absolutely gorgeous and brilliantly written anime. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Everybody, stay productive. Woo! I think they really dig the woo at the end. I... uh, Okay. Woo!